Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I think we're ready. Um, just cool. remember to hold your mic sort of in the same position and pretty close to you. Yeah, so I think that was an issue last time is that I was I kept on going back and then I couldn't actually hear myself and I was far away. Um, cool. So, but now I'm here. Um, actually, sorry, just give me one second. Um, yes, sorry, that, that did sound a bit random, but, um, <laughs> what is that dude? Okay. So basically I was trying to find a mic cord to make the podcast sound better. I wanted to make myself sound better and yeah. I couldn't find it and I got really frustrated. So okay. when I get frustrated, I usually just scream out Afrikaans words or at least words I think are Afrikaans. <laughs> just because Does it help? Does it help? Does it help? Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, Afrikaans just you can get it all Dude, touching the air. It's, For some reason, Afrikaans just really helps. I can I I mean I can imagine. Like there's so much there's like so much passion and anger in the language. Like you can hear there's like a lot that comes out, so you can really test your test your levels. Yeah. Even that you know that song, Yang Piripi, Yang Piripi, Yang Piripi, Hansu, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. that song, I'm pretty sure that's a nursery rhyme, but even then, it's a speaky and fey, yo. I, I don't really know what the words are, <laughs> but it just it just ends so aggressive. You can sort of get it all out. And like have you remember like uh, there's another one called the uh sucker pucker salt and paper. And it's supposed to be a nursery rhyme as well, but it's like sucker pucker salt and paper. It's like what you what you sing before you go to war, it sounds oh, wow. really, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why all Afrikaans music, <laughs> music sounds angry. It's, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. And I love Afrikaans people for the most part. But um, yeah, your language just really helps me get that anger out. So thank you. Yes, yeah. Thank you for that, guys. Um, yeah. Afrikaans, is, Afrikaans is a weird one, though, because I mean, there's some words that just can't be translated to English. Like, like fuss. Fuss is one of my favorite words because like, there's no word for it. Like, oh, like what's like whole fuss? Like keep it, keep it tight, I guess. But like, it's not the, it's not the same sort of thing. Like, oh, no, that. That's fuss. I don't know. It's a, uh, it's cool. I dig it. Yeah, well, Afrikaans guys, let me not say anything that could be incriminating to my character. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I mean, Kanye. So how's your how's your week been? Yeah, man, my week was good. Um, I actually finally went and saw that PT, uh, yes, the female it. PT. Yeah. Um, and I want to say from the bottom of my heart, it went horrible. <laughs> no way. Um, I really, really wanted to give her a chance. And I really, really, really thought it would work out. Um, so basically, I'll just run you through it. We, we, went, we went in there, the first consultation. So normally, I don't know, if, have you heard of like sort of like a DEXA scanner or like this thing where you like, you stand on it and you like hold your, your hands out and you wait for like a minute. And basically it like breaks down your, your muscle mass, your fat body percentage per body yeah, part. Yeah, I think I've seen that before. Yeah, Super yeah. fancy, right? 
Sure. So I'm thinking, hey, this is a nice gym in the city. That's probably what we're going to do first, you know, sort of work out our goals, talk about like my lifestyle and then, you know, go from there, do a couple of exercises in the gym. Yeah. Nah, bruh. This, <laughs> this chick had that 1984 skin fold fucking Nazi contraption. What? And she was, yeah, you know those things where they just grab your fat, like, oh, we're going to grab your fat right here. We're going to grab it by your elbow, by your cheek, Dude, by your stomach. Dude, dude, that, I was so shocked. That does sound like a naughty torture device. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought I was. I thought I was part of the setup. Like, I thought it was a whole setup. I was like, oh, this is how they get you. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I knew they're not a lot of black people in Australia. This is how they finally get us. Yeah, dude, that's the that's the start. Yeah, and so it, it wasn't a great start to the you know the PT session. Sure. Um, and then we sort of went into there, and then we're talking about our goals and blah blah blah. Dude, three minutes in, your girl's just going into the price listing. Whoa. So basically, when you sign up with me, uh, yeah, you're going to be paying me $160 a week if you do this plan, $180 a week doing this plan, $200 is this plan. I'm like, lady, if I could Dude. afford an extra $180 a week, I would be owning my own house by now. I What? Dude, yeah, and, oh. and she hasn't even she, tried to bought you, buy you in, like... Dude, don't even show me like before and after pictures of other clients, like telling me my vision. She's like, okay, cool. First, like, I don't know a lot about personal training, but that's surely the first thing you do. No, no, no. She just went straight into, okay, your life. Okay, you, you're not eating the greatest, blah, blah, blah. Like just feeding me. And then she's like, anyway, I can change your life. It's just going to cost you X amount of dollars. Yeah. I was like, nah, bruh. <laughs> nah, not right. Nah, bruh. And then as soon as I said, look, and you know me, I, I, I like... I chase the awkwardness. Sure. Like I live for it. Like if I'm yep. in a conversation and it's getting awkward, like I, I thrive in that environment. Yeah. Cause it's so fine. I just hit it with, you know, then she's like, you know, obviously there's that, that little awkward moment. It's like, okay, the price, um, you know, this is how much it's going to cost. So do you want to do it? And I was like, look, bruh, I'm probably not going to invest in this at all. I'm only here for the free <laughs> sessions. Yeah. Like I just, you know, let's not lie to one another. No, sure. <laughs> and as soon as I said that, Boom, energy just completely dropped. Really? She couldn't be more disinterested in me. And then, oh my God. Oh, this is hilarious. And then your girl starts telling me like, you know, I would love if you can drop this percentage body fat within six months without my help by yourself, I'll give you three free PD sessions. I was like, damn. So you had no faith in me at all. <laughs> What? I was like, wow. This is the worst salesperson in the whole world. First of all, dude, it was unbelievable. She gets there, she uses outdated equipment. Then she goes straight into pricing before we're trying to rope you in at all. And then just insults you. I like, what? Is that like, dude, it was, I don't understand it. Yeah, it, it, it was literally something she probably saw out of a book because I could not believe it was happening. Mm. I was like, wait, you really, you really think that works? Like, you really think you telling me I can't do something by myself is going to like, reverse psychology me into being like oh hey i won't say your name um yeah i can't do it by myself like dude fuck that (laughs) (laughs) fuck that mentality no 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 no. No, that's rubbish yeah oh and then she's like and then like now she was like half asking like because i still had one more session yeah and she's like yeah yeah we'll organize it we'll organize it um yeah yeah i'll text you no reply you kidding the full ghost Wowzers. The proper ghost. So, oh my God. So now, okay. <laughs> she's just out of equipment. Uh, she goes straight into the, to the, to the money. 
She insults yeah. you. And then she ghosts you. This is the worst. I mean, how does she have any clients? I think she just, I think for her, all the clients are people with pretty low self-esteem. Yeah, I think that's a okay. fair assessment. Yes, sure. That makes sense. Low so self-esteem and probably decent go. jobs. So they could like, they can afford to like basically burn money. Yeah. 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 Okay. But hey, I'm not telling you guys don't get a female personal trainer. I'm just telling you my experience from one individual. No, I'm sure she's not representative of all female personal trainers. This one just sounds particularly shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's absolute wolves. Absolute <laughs> wolves. Absolute wolves. 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 It, was, it was unbelievable. So, and anyway, people in that situation would be like, oh, no, this is too awkward. I'm going to leave the gym. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm coming at the gym double time on her. If her, cli- <laughs> if her client's on that side of the gym, I'm going to go do my exercises on that side of the gym. Oh, no, I... Drive in the awkwardness. That's what she doesn't understand. <laughs> oh, she's playing with me. She's gonna lean into that awkwardness. Oh man. Oh, please do playing with me, dude. You said you weren't gonna do by yourself. Just do it. Oh, 100%. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like she, I think she was my motivation. Like, you know, she she essentially was an enigma. Yeah. God sent her on this planet to test me. So I thank her for that. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so that, so so that was my um, PT uh, experience, dude. I'm, I'm, that was that's amazing. Um, yeah. I anyway, so, <laughs> so anyway, what, what happened with your week this week? Lay, lay it down for us. I had a super interesting week actually. So, um, first of all, I went to, I did my, I did my third gig, and. Yeah. That was super interesting. So it was at the place I did my first gig at and I, I, went, I went through and I was feeling nervous like the whole day. Like I thought I was going to chunder at some stage. And, and then... Oh, wow. And then I... Well, I mean, not really. For effect, for effect. So, oh. um, I, so I went... So I was like feeling really nervous throughout the afternoon and stuff. And then, and then uh, when I got there, I like the, the nerves just left me and I felt like super chilled. And then there was even like this, this, uh, this uh, comedian before me and she was like, dude, can you record me while I go on? And I was like, you know, I'm next up, whatever. And like, I want to get in a zone. And she's like, oh, come on. I was like, actually, things like this aren't going to phase me. Mm-hmm. So I was recording her while kind of going through my notes uh, while she was up. And she was super funny. So I was actually, I got a bit nervous because I was like, oh, this is a tough act to follow. Uh, but then, <laughs> then um, I went up and I was super comfortable, super relaxed. And the crowd were just feeling me. Like, so they were, they were like jumping in and they were kind of making the jokes funnier. So it was, it was really, really cool. It was like a lot of fun. And wow. Got, so yeah, you, you were getting that feedback from the crowd and you were just pretty much smashing it. Yeah. That was cool. Like I would drop a joke and like I'd ask the crowd something and they would have a joke back at me and then I would have a joke with them and then like building some momentum. So it went really well, actually. It was really, really cool. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was cool. And also I had more to drink this time. I think, I think alcohol. Oh, liquid courage. Hundred percent. I think. I think. Like you know, spinach for Popeye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedians. So yeah, I might. I might have to copyright that. Um, yeah. Um. No, no. Not to get too specific, but do you know your number yet? Like, is it six beers? Is it two beers? Is it eight beers? I actually don't know yet. That's a good point. I should really try and nail that down. Is like, what's the, what's the equation to good comedy? But I think at the moment it's like four beers. Okay. Maybe maybe four maybe three beers and a shot. That might be the the bang. You're not too drunk um, when you're saying things that actually aren't funny at all, or but now you're kind of confident. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. 
Yeah. You, you've, you've had a few, but you could still be in a conference meeting. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, business, yeah 100%. Business drunk is like a different kind of drunk. And I think yeah, yeah, yeah. also goes to comedy drunk. And are there any major takeaways for you, like in terms of your progression now going into the third set? Like, do you, were there any major takeaways um, from the set or like just you performing the set? I think it was, and I mean, this is going to be less funny than it should, but, but it's taking your time. So not saying your jokes too quickly, really kind of making sure that you are actually relaxed and taking your time with the joke. Because the more time you give it, the more people sort of understand it and comprehend it. So obviously, because you've written a joke and you know exactly what's going on in your head, when, when you say it, people don't have that same sort of understanding. So the more time you give someone with that concept that you just explained to them, the better they, the better they get it. So even yeah. for effect, it might be better. Like you think to be faster and just go to the next joke when actually you just slow it down. Almost to in your own head, it sounds weirdly slow. You're like, wow, this is... I sound like I'm like challenged, you know what I mean? But actually it's a, uh, it's, it's actually better for effect. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. Just giving the audience the time to digest the content or like, you know, digest what you're saying and letting them fully absorb it so that when, once the punchline comes or the punchlines come, they're more, I don't know, uh, more aware of it. So to yeah, speak. that's exactly yeah, it. Yeah. So when you, when you start, like, obviously, like a lot of jokes, and especially my jokes, I'll tell one concept and then I'll lead, like, other concepts from that concept. So if I go yeah. too quickly, then they don't understand any of the jokes. So, but if they, ex- ex- like, understand that first concept, then it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. So makes that was, full sense. Yeah. Right. Um, Any, anything yeah. else happened in the week or just mostly the major gig? So, so that was cool. But then there was another thing. So I went to a memorial of like a, like a family friend, I guess. Well, no, no, no. Sorry. Family, family, family. Kind of. Okay. So, um, and this is a Jewish person. So we went to a shul um, here in Cape Town and we get there and like, you know, like we see the family. So like, sorry for your loss, whatever. And yeah. then after going in, the rabbi says, there's like a big box. There's like a big box. And the rabbi says like, hey man, just uh, grab, grab a yarmulke. So now I'm a germaphobe. I'm a black. Like, right, right. You know what I mean? So like things like, like touching doorknobs and, <laughs> and shaking hands, like, you know what I mean? Not my thing. So yeah, yeah. I've got to put on like a hat and I don't know if they've cleaned that hat. I don't know if it's been like <laughs> infected with anything at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm yeah. On now. And I'm like, all I can think in my head is like the snotty 13 year old He's got like sticky fantery hands and lights uh. in the air who wore that hat on his head before me. And all I can think of is like, is this person worth remembering? Like, should I really go to this funeral? Is it, <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Should I really going? be here? Like, yeah. So, uh, so hey, man, you, you want to have Jewish heritage. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I mean, dude, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough price to pay, but uh, I guess I got to do it. Right. Fair enough. So yeah, yeah, you're definitely trying to stay away from the germs as much as you can. Yeah, yeah, that that's my life, dude. That's that happens a lot. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So uh, let's get okay. into our first uh, topic of the day. Okay, so, first, real quick, I mean, do you have to go? Do I have to go? What? Do you have to go? No, no, I've organised more time for myself. Sorry, it's Father's Day, guys. So I've organised to go for breakfast with my dad, but um, I've organised a little bit more time. What a great son I am. Prioritising. You're a great son. With my dad. 
<laughs> but let's let's get into the first topic of the day. So, I mean, we were speaking about this kind of off air. And when it comes to sort of movies and video games, it's all about kind of death and murder and people killing each other. And really, really kind of like, obviously, maybe fun while you're playing Witcher or COD. But actually, like, you're still killing people. Like, that's the visuals you're getting. Do you do you still think that's kind of like appealing, or have you kind of gone off it? Yeah, it's it's a weird one. I, I was sort of coming um, at it from the point of like a lot of, you know, at least for video games for me, I think there's sort of like an adrenaline rush, and like you just sort of get off on like the violence. Yeah, but I was noticing TV. A lot of the great TV shows, a lot of the TV shows that people rave about, they're pretty depressing. Yeah, and violent and sad, and. I don't know, like like we spoke about earlier. I'm just I'm just trying to get away from the negativity, dude. Hundred percent. Like yeah. people ra- people rave about Breaking Bad all the time, and that is the most depressing show I've ever seen. It only gets more it only gets more like sad as you go. I couldn't deal with it. Like my I could I couldn't deal with it. And I think what we were sort of wanting to discuss is that I think adding little little things in terms of your entertainment or like switching to happier entertainment can actually lead to almost a better lifestyle. So, you know, I, I used to kill my girlfriend for watching the, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. But man, if you if you dive into Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, like, it's actually a good time. It's, it's a hell of a good show. <laughs> yeah. And it also just happens to be a really good show. So I guess we were sort of um, trying to come at, you know, trying to discuss moving into more happier term, forms of entertainment. So have, have you really approached it at all this week, like trying to do happier things or watch happier things? But I mean, I think after the the end of Game of Thrones, which is obviously like a lot of violence and like quite dark a lot of the time, um, whereas now I'm kind of watching Curb Your Enthusiasm or Seinfeld or 30 Rock. And instead of playing, I don't know, The Witcher or COD, I'm now playing like 2K19 NBA. Oh, that's my shit. dying. People are playing basketball. It's a cool time. The worst thing that happens is that the one team loses or you lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like someone's dying or getting their heads chopped off. And it kind of has affected me. Like, it's a, your goal of the one of that game is to kill someone. That's, that's the whole thing. You have a weapon to kill someone, which is like kind of a bad thing. Like, why is that the goal? As opposed to like another game was like shooting hoops or scoring a goal in FIFA. Like, I mean, like, what, is, what do you think about it? So, basically, we're saying all those news telecasts about, is your son playing Grand Theft Auto? He might be <laughs> likely to be a serial killer. We're actually saying, yo, those guys might have actually been right. I think, I mean, I can't imagine how that wouldn't make a difference. Like, I mean, wait, you reckon that, that person was always a serial killer or? No, okay, look, so I've looked in the stats of this and they said that there actually is no correlation between violent video games and violent people. But I just maybe it's not kind of in how you and how you're actually killing someone, actually hurting someone, but maybe just kind of like in the way that you perceive things. So like it's just kind of like a, this really dark, horrible thing that you are now sort of investing yourself in. So kind of, kind of to kill someone in that game, as opposed to now it's like it's like quite lighthearted and different, and I think just puts your mind in a different space. I mean, what are you watching at the moment? Do you think that you kind of that you could be watching happier stuff, or maybe the real shit gives you more information on life? What do you think? Uh, for me at the moment, I don't really watch nothing. Actually, wait, what am I watching? Oh, I'm trying Curb Your Enthusiasm, but that first season is hurting me. <laughs> I think I got to, like, how many seasons was it in the end? It's like, I think they're still making more. I think it's like yeah, okay. nine now. 
Okay, so what season are you watching it on? So I've been going backwards in a weird way. So I started with nine, and then I went to eight, seven, six, and now I'm on five. Okay. Because, I mean, it makes no difference, really. Like, it's not like the, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you, you're like sort kind of, of just like consuming a season, but it's not like they're, like, intertranslate, like, interlinked, sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so anyway. I, like that. So is that first season bad? Oof, dude, it was just, ah. It was just a lot of white humor. No offense to my white friends. <laughs> They were just going after a lot of white humor. And I, I've even said this before. I, maybe I've said it on the pod that I struggle with, like, British comedy. Oh, yeah? I, th- I think it could be intellectually I struggle with it. But Kirby Enthusiasm, maybe I just need to sort of grind it up. But that first season, ooh. Was it bad? Hurting me. Like, giving me the itch to just touch my phone. You oh, know, you yeah. start getting that meth head. You know, in a show, it's not that interesting. And then your meth head, like your addiction starts twitching and then you're like, oh, I should touch my phone. Oh, I should scroll, scroll. Ah, Instagram. Oh. ah the serotonin. Serotonin is serotonin. <laughs> um, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I am going to try that, but I'm, I'm getting in my readings, you know. I'm, I'm trying to read books. Um, I'm trying to listen to podcasts. So, um, are they happy yeah. books? They're happy podcasts? I mean, I think so. It's all about Billionaires talking about how you need to get off your ass and be like them. So that's kind of happy. I mean, I guess so. If they're telling you that yeah. you can be there as well, then that's, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, and actually, cool. I invite everyone to join me. I'm doing Tim Ferriss's podcast, one episode a day, starting from episode one. So, What, what does that talk about? Tim Ferriss? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know this guy. Oh, you've been asleep. But I'm sure many <laughs> people have. Um, basically, he's this guy like Princeton, uh, he sort of does human, like he experiments on himself and he's, he's sort of, he's all about human optimization. Okay. So like he taught himself, um, oh, I'm going to get it wrong now. So please don't fact check me, but Muay Thai or no, what's the other one when you're fighting, but you're kicking and punching. Tai Chi. No, come on. We can do this. Judo, karate. No, Uh, other one. uh, Taekwondo. Oh, Taekwondo. So he, he basically taught himself Taekwondo taekwondo and became a taekwondo champion um he teaches himself like basically he's all about figuring out ways to to optimize yourself both mentally and physically um early early investor in uber early investor in twitter um so just this overall like brainiac dude basically he just interviews the most interesting people like the most interesting people yeah 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 yeah. so and like it's almost like I couldn't keep up with Tim Ferriss' podcast because the gems are too much. Like, there's too many gems on his podcast. You have to, like, pause it and think about it. and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I sort of breezed through. Like, I've listened to quite a few, but I've sort of breezed through them. Yeah. And um, I was into this interview of Jay-Z, and, like, people were like, oh, Jay-Z, are you on this? Are you on this? And he was like, I don't move. If you move at, like, society's, like, speed, you, you're never going to grasp anything. Sure. That's so it's... Yeah, it's all about figuring figuring out what are you interested in or like what do you want to actually learn or um, what do you actually want to consume and then mm. accepting to move at your own pace. So basically, it's about sort of figuring out what you want to invest your time in. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Okay. And then accepting and be willing to move at your own pace. That's so someone's coming at you like, yo, have you listened to the new album? Yo, this new album? I'm like, dude, I'm still on this album. And yeah. once I'm done with this album, then I'll move, you know? So, yeah, that's sort of... Because, you know, dude, there's a billion podcasts. 100%. You're never going to catch them all. 
but I think Tim Tim Ferriss's one <laughs> Tim Ferriss's one is like in terms of value, in terms of like free content that you can pull gems from and apply to your directly into your life, like actionable practices. Dude, that's great. It's probably the best podcast. That and Joe Rogan, but every now and again Joe Rogan's just getting high with his friends and being occasionally racist, so it can be hard too. You gotta be a bit more selective with Joe Rogan. Dude, I, I'm f- so I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to like listen to Joe Rogan for the first time. And it's yeah. quite interesting. I like the one with uh, that's the one that you suggested, uh, Naval Ravikant. I think his name is. Oh yeah, let's yeah. come out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that was interesting. I mean, I, I've told you what my what my issues were, but with that mm-hmm. podcast. But <laughs> and then I listened to the one with Andrew Yang, which I thought was fascinating because I really like Andrew Yang and I think he's a great candidate for for the Democrats. But I think I need to find more because, like, I don't want to listen to the one with like uh, Russell Brand because, like, what is that guy going to teach me about the world? I want to find the guy who's like the next. Twitter investor or the, you know what I mean? So if you've got any suggestions, please let me know because I'd, I'd love to have some. Yeah, I, no, I'll definitely send it your way. But I, I can honestly say from experience, the way the Joe Rogan podcast works is mm-hmm. that you just got to sort of pick and choose what you want to listen to. Okay. Because as interesting as the conversations may be or may not be, some of them literally add zero value to your life. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. so and I that's want- not a knock because that's probably one of my favorite podcasts in the world. But yeah. yeah. But it's like you got to sort of pick and choose. Of maybe no, of maybe no value whatsoever. So like you want to pick the pick the right one. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, you you were saying Andrew Lang. Are you are you actually following American politics, dude? I've been like weirdly obsessed with the Democratic candidates um, going to to going towards the next election. Like CNN has got this podcast called um, uh, CNN Town Hall. And yeah, what they do is they get these candidates into like a room. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know what a town hall is, but for those who don't, it's kind of like you have your interviewer and you have your candidate, and then a room full of people just ask them questions, like normal everyday folk going there and ask, ask, um, asking questions about their policies and how they want to change things and stuff. So um, I listened to Andrew Yang, and he's fascinating. So he's like a he, as far as I understand, is a an accomplished businessman. Um, he's got a lot of ties in the ICT sector and his whole platform is a universal basic income, which is fascinating. Ooh, so do you know anything about this? Universal basic income. Ooh. Yeah. It's, oh, it's fascinating. Gives me the chills. Oh, so, okay. Um, explain, explain to the listeners universal basic income. And then do you think it's a good idea or bad idea? Okay, so I'm going to give you like a little snippets and then you tell me what you think and then I'll tell you what, what I think. Okay, so, cool. Go for it. Okay, cool. Um, so basically what, what Andrew... Am I saying... Is it Andrew Yang or my, is it... Actually, that's not his name. Anyway. No, it so, is Andrew Yang. Is it Andrew Yang? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, fantastic. So um, so what, what Andrew Yang is saying is that every American citizen gets $1,000, okay? So regardless of you, the richest man in America or the poorest person in America, you get $1,000. So that kind of takes out the stigma of social handouts and things. So what it does is it takes, and this is, you know, Milton Friedman, the economics philosopher. Yeah, yeah. So he's like the of most course. right-wing kind of economic person in the world. Well, not, I mean, not yeah. right-wing, but libertarian, I guess. And so even um, even uh, Friedman agreed with this this concept is that you give everyone a thousand dollars, and what that does is it pumps money into the economy, so that now gets um, gets uh, spent within the economy. It puts money back into small businesses, to local businesses, um, 
like that. And then also what it does is it cuts out a lot of bureaucracy within um, within your government. So like you don't need this massive bloated cabinet of of how many officials to do social care for this and water or whatever. It cuts out a lot of that because it's, it means that everyone's got that money. So you don't actually have to care for them in a lot of ways, which is, which is super interesting, I thought. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on it? My thought on universal basic income is that it's a small fix to a bigger problem. Okay. And I, I do understand um, the point of obviously giving people this money and then obviously minimizing the services or, you know, not paying the salaries to um, certain officials and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But you, the, the issue with it is you need a, a very sophisticated society in order to enforce these things. Okay. Because if you, if you just start giving money to people, people are still humans at the end of the day. They're going to take advantage of this thousand dollars. Sure. Um, so look, I, I think it's a, it's a super complex issue and I do definitely think it's something you could probably run your campaign on. Yeah. Um, but in terms of actually enforcing it and sort of the reversal of society that you would have to implement, okay. I think it's highly complex. And I think it's, it just, it just depends how much downside can you afford in that, in that period. And then also, you know, it goes into where else could that money be spent rather than putting it in people's pockets. Like, could you rather enforce, um, tax incentives where people save a thousand dollars over financial year and put it in the government. But I mean, at the end of the day, like I, I also believe in smaller government. I'm not saying that it's something I believe in. Yeah. But I'm definitely, you know, in terms of practicality, when you start getting to universal, universal basic income, yeah, it it can be scary. It can, it can be a a whole lot of nothing in terms of doing it doesn't actually equate to. So there's another policy from uh, Cory Booker. Yeah. He's another candidate um, for... Hey, Corey. Congrats. Corey, yay. Uh, yeah. So much. I think he's a bit of a weirdo. But he's... Um, but, but his policy is that... One of his policies is that you put... I think it's like... I think $500 to $1,000 in a savings account for every American when they are born. And they can access that at 18. So every American has a certain amount of money that they start life with when they get to 18. So do you think that's a better policy than that kind of like a savings that they can then grow and then have that sort of that starting that starting um, sort of bit of cash? Or do you think it's better to have a universal basic income? Yeah, I think for me, I, I think it's that savings approach is probably the better way to do it. Like, you know, okay. for instance, you know, in America, they have like the 401k. Now explain that to me. So basically like the 401k is like your salary there's a pre-tax amount that gets sort of put into like an investment fund that forms part of your retirement. Oh, uh, yes. Okay, cool. I do know about this. So yeah. that already, that already exists. And like in Australia, we have a superannuation where like basically a percentage of your pre-tax dollars goes mm-hmm. into a saving fund that's sort of used for your retirement. Okay. And the government forces your employer to pay that money for you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's why universal basic income, I know it sort of takes care of unemployment a bit more. Yeah. But I, I think it's a very like, you know, I, I, I was listening to Naval, like Naval has this podcast and he said, any society that has too many takers and not enough makers is a society that's doomed to fail. That's interesting. So 
I think as a government, you need to be enforcing things that make more makers, people that create more businesses, people that can educate themselves, people that can create opportunity. Sure. And I think that's the actual direction you want to go go as as a government, as a society, long term anyway. I don't think if you can avoid giving or you know, giving money away or these type of these type of um tactics, I think you're better off um in the long run. Although I, I, I do think I, I do think it's a good approach for votes. <laughs> it's a great thing for votes. I mean, flip, I looked it up, it's like fourteen thousand Rand a month that I would just get in my bank account if I were to if Andrew Yang were running for president in South Africa, which yeah. I'd be like, dude, of course I want 14,000, <laughs> an extra 14,000 around in my, <laughs> in my bank account every month. But I think with what you're saying in terms of makers versus takers, I think something like a UBI, university, yeah, UBI. So I think what a UBI does is that it, it kind of puts money into somebody who has no money. So if you, so apparently when it comes to what, what Yang was saying, when it comes to teaching, okay, so a teacher only has control of a child's education for 29%. So 29% is what the child learns in the classroom, okay? So what's, and how likely they are to, to succeed. Yeah. Is home life, um, having, f- having a, a full belly when they start school every day, making sure that they can sleep at night because there's not, I don't know, things going on in the house or whatever, you know what I mean? Things like that. And that kind of uh, universal basic income would take care of a lot of those problems. So it's kind of that base where like, if you need transport to get to a better school, you can have that transport. Um, if you, if you are like an entrepreneur and you need just like a little bit more money to to do things, then you've got that 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 slight bit of capital with the universal uh, universal basic income. So I think a lot of what you're saying is that it can, I mean, it can help with. So it can help a lot of those makers, like who who are now takers, but make them into makers, which I think could then elevate the economy. Yeah, and I think once again, you you spoke about a lot of smart things to do with that money. So, and that, that cuts back into, that cuts back into, you know, a, a, a sophisticated society. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if, if Andrew Yang is saying something like, okay, we're getting, we're going to give you a thousand dollars a month, but we're also, we're also putting in a financial literacy course and you have to pass that course in order to access the funds. Yeah. Then I'm, then I'm there with you, but you know, you're still giving okay. people free money and Hey, if I have free money, I'm probably going to go to the pub. Or I'm probably going to put 20 on a multi. It's just the realities of who we are as a society. Sure. Yeah. And I guess like whether I'm in South Africa or Australia, like does this actually matter? Like in terms of American politics? I suppose if you look at sort of the Obama wave. So when Obama first sort of came into the presidency and he was talking about um, equality for all races, all sexualities, genders, whatever, I think that sort of affected our general culture. So that permeated to, I know it permeated to South Africa where you saw kind of more um, sort of homosexuals in the media or when it comes to gender understanding, immigration, that definitely sort of changed. I think that definitely affected us. But I'm not sure if the actual politics affects us unless we talk about money because obviously we can talk about maybe Democrats give more to Africa than than Republican governments. But in sort of general understanding, I'm much of it actually does make a difference. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, so it was a really interesting um, topic. I, I actually was warped when I first tried to approach it. Um, yeah. And I actually had a good friend of mine. He's sort of like my political advisor. Um, okay. He's over in Canada at the moment. So shout out to you, Mandla. Um, and he basically said 
that if you he basically broke it into you know two parts you know obviously american politics sort of goes into this bigger cloud of um, major global events and sure. whether it's worth while for the common man to to know about how it works and i guess it matters and doesn't matter if you are two types of people if you are a reactive person so if you approach life from a reactive perspective mm. then you know it's probably it doesn't probably bring you any value other other than you know the conversational value that you can have amongst peers and friends because no. you're just going to react to whatever happens to you in your life but if you are uh, if you're someone who approaches life proactively then obviously being more informed you know can help you in a in a number of facets in terms of you know the way you structure your life in terms of where you maybe put your investments where you decide to raise your family you know where you decide to study and you know even potentially how you leverage your knowledge in terms of business yeah that so makes I, sense yeah so i guess I, it was a very interesting way that he approached it so i guess i definitely think look if you're a reactive person and you know you just roll with the punches then probably it's it's really not worth it just keep sure. living your life you know one day you get fired you go oh shit i'm fired you know but i think in terms of people who try approach your life proactively and are always trying to look at what can i do now for later then i think global politics um global major global events as well as american politics um are pretty important to be informed on okay cool i mean i completely agree with that yeah I mean, but i mean also it's sort of depends on what kind of person you are because if you i mean i i love american politics i love it because it just i just find it interesting so i'm i'm kind of always checking out what's happening what's what's the new trend whereas i mean and i think you that kind of person as well whereas other people might just not care about that but then there might still be kind of there might not be reactive people um there might be sort of proactive people so they'd want to check it i mean am i making sense here yeah yeah i think i, I was just the the way i was trying to paint it is a is a broader brush but i guess intellectually you're still curious yeah regardless of what type of person you are so and i definitely think that's a small amount of people though overall sure okay so yeah Okay, cool. yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've sort of fallen off, fallen off American politics, but I'm, I'm definitely, if you're sounding pretty interested in it at the moment, maybe I need to jump back in there. Dude, I'm fascinated. Please do. If you really? want to listen to some very cool podcast, listen to that scene in Town Hall. It's great, it's great stuff. Okay. With, um, Andrew Yang is really, is super smart. Pete Buttigieg, I ride for Pete Buttigieg. He is so cool, dude. He is like that nerdy guy you went to high school with, but it's just super smart. You were like, wow, that guy, like, like I fucked with him because he's so smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. He can't, can't play rugby. He can't, he can't, um, chat to, to the interested with. And, um, but <laughs> I mean, I want to say chat to girls, but he's gay. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but he's just super smart. And like, and I just like someone who you want an executive, like you don't need an Obama or a, Martin Luther King to to run your country. You know what I mean? Somebody who's kind of charismatic and and can like get the crowd going. Maybe you just need someone who can who can read over documents and administer things and make sure people are doing their jobs correctly. And I think that's what Buttigieg is. So yeah, I've been sorry to go into a tangent, but yeah, I've been I've been fascinated with the run up to selection. I mean, I think wow. I think, yeah, I think it's a could you could could you have a could you have a beer with him? Probably not. I think. I, think I don't trust you if I can't have a beer with you. <laughs> I don't trust you. Maybe we don't need those people. 
You know what I mean? Like, no, I no, 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 no. I need you. I need to know I can at least have one beer with you after work. At least, just even if you can fake it, I can oh, trust you. But if you, if you can't have a beer, I don't know what else you do with your free time. No, I'm sure you can. So I don't trust you. I just yeah. don't okay. It'd be like a, it'd be like a, hey, so, um, what's up, bro? How you doing? And he'd be like, oh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm reading the 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 full set of uh shakespeare again for the seventh time and i'm you know what i mean like kind of he's he's so like uh, not that reading shakespeare makes you intellectual but you know what i mean like <laughs> so intellectually ahead um i feel like it'd be a boring conversation because he would just be too smart for me at least to have a conversation with but i mean i could definitely have a conversation with like jacob zuma i could definitely have i could get i could get fucked with jacob zuma i could get oh yeah super, i could get super drunk at donald trump i think we'd have the best time doesn't mean I want to vote him, vote for him, or have him in government. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But people are going to vote for those people. That's all I'm saying. Hey. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. About two presidents right now. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. Talking about two guys yeah. who got the job done. Yeah. Yeah. No, sure. Zuma won two elections. Wow. Yeah. Hey, man. It's not like all the richest people are the smartest people. Yeah. Not all the richest people are the smartest people, or the most like you know the biggest position holders, CEOs, CFOs, presidents. No, it's not all the smartest guys, but I'm definitely, um, maybe the smartest guys is what we need. So I definitely hear you in terms of that regard. So do you have anything else, anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I definitely have. Yeah. Nothing else. I'm pretty, I'm pretty done for the day. I'm going to do some study. It's Sunday. So, you know, do that Sunday clean, do that adulting. Nice man. Prepare for the week. Be proactive, not reactive. That's actually our message for the week, folks. Proactive, not reactive. Is that the one? hundred percent. Yeah. That's the one. Proactive, not reactive. Love it. Yeah. Cool. And Australia, fuck off for four. Say again? Australia, fuck off for four. That's also the other slogan. <laughs> and that's not actually our slogan. It's just how I've been feeling lately. That's all. Dude, just you're an immigrant. How, what are you talking feeling. about? No, no. Like how I've been feeling toward, like how I'm receiving a message, not how I'm portraying a message. What do you mean? Like I'm just getting that feeling like, hey, bro, you've been here a minute. We, we're filling up. Like it's just sort of the, the, the climate in terms of immigration at the moment in Australia. Yeah, yeah, it's it's skin tight. Oh, really? Skin, it's getting rough out here. Are you worried they're gonna kick you out? Um, I've already been kicked out, so I'm not worried about that. <laughs> it's really happened to me once. You got back in, so I got back in. Um, so not that I, think, I did anything um, wrong, folks. It's just these visas are harder than they seem. It was just <laughs> a, a logistics issue. That's why I had to leave the country. All right, okay. But as it still felt like getting kicked out. Um, no, but I am in the process of almost finishing my PR, so I've just got one one to two more hurdles but the way the politics moves here and the whole our migration is falling they're taking our jobs and all this <laughs> fake bullshit yeah um taking your jobs with this five percent unemployment anyway okay anyway Thanks. but yeah it's just 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 the climate that i'm i'm feeling at the moment anyway that's all should right. be fine okay yeah. okay well i'm doing a gig later on which i'm very excited for yes more yes. gigs and then the next show that we will, the next episode that we record, I'll be in London, United Kingdom. Super excited. Hey. 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 Um, hey. hey. Just chilling excited. in London. Are you, are you doing like Croatia, Italy, or just just chilling with your dad in London? I'm going to go see my family. So I'm going to go see my dad, my little brother, and my stepmom, and some mates. And then I've also got two mates who live in Italy. So I'm gonna go check them out, see how they're doing. Oh, um, really and wait, are you? Ah, oh. uh, you're to cut that out because I'll get in trouble. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, should we, do you want to say goodbye? 
Yeah, sure. Anyway, folks, that's all we have for the show. Just want to thank you guys for tuning in as always. Please keep giving us your feedback. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, just your interaction helps the podcast grow, helps us get better. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of me signing off. Nikki, anything you want to say? All good, man. I uh, hope everyone has a great week and we will chat next week.